0: Hi everyone, this is your Digital Media Geekers and I'm back with my next episode. Today, I am hosting Catherine Aragon all the way from Texas. She is an experienced content strategist with a demonstrated history of building traffic leads and thought leadership with content. She is skilled in digital strategy, search engine optimization, direct marketing, copywriting and is an author of The Business Blog Handbook. Welcome, Catherine. Hope you are doing well. I would like you to introduce yourself to our audiences now.
1: Hi, and thanks for having me. My name is Catherine Aragon. I'm a content strategist, success maven and author. Currently, I'm the head of content at Sales Hacker, where I head up strategy and the content marketing efforts there. I also have an agency, Catherine Aragon Media, where I do consulting, writing, and speaking on content marketing and related marketing topics, but recently I launched a personal development brand at vivacity.com, and there I teach success and life strategies to people who want to do amazing things and create a life that they love. Um, If you want to check out some of my books, I am uh, the author of the Business Blog Handbook Content Creation, The Power of Remarkable Customer Support, and um, I co-authored the Advanced Guide to Content Marketing with Neil Patel.
0: Wow, that's an impeccable profile you have. Well, I would like to get started with knowing more about you now. And my next question is, what do you wish you had known when you had started out?
1: There are a couple of different time periods where I could answer this question for. Um, early, Early in my career, I wanted to be a creative writer. I wanted to write books, novels, and I wish at that point that I had fully understood how much I would enjoy business writing and marketing and how far I could go as a professional woman I'm gonna show my age a little bit here, um, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. When I was young, there were no high-powered professional women in my life. I never had a role model showing me what it looks like to be a success as a woman. So when I finally decided I needed to pursue my dreams, I feel like I was at a huge disadvantage. I didn't have a support group. I didn't realize that successful people, have mentors and sponsors, and there wasn't anyone who could fill that role anyway. In many ways, I had to clear my own path, and I had to make a lot of mistakes along the way. My professional role models have all been men, and I've had to figure out for myself how to adapt what they do to my own personality and approach to life. Um, That was just getting started. Then when I finally did decide, okay, now I'm I'm ready to step into business writing yeah that was a little bit scary um, I felt a little out of my depth at first but it what was interesting I think we always compare ourselves to this ideal fictitious person who we think we ought to be and once I was on the job I realized how how far along I really was that I wasn't as much the newbie as maybe I felt I was um, I got hired, not at the junior level, but at the senior level, right out of the gates. And I realized that the people in the roles around me had actually less understanding of marketing and content and copywriting than I had. And so that was a huge boost to my confidence and helping me understand that, yes, even though maybe this wasn't my first option, it's a good option and that i'm wired for it i'm actually very much a strategic thinker and once i began to make these kinds of discoveries about myself and invested a little bit more in my in my education on that side i had pre- prepared my writing for to be a fiction writer so at this stage i was learning some of the business writing skills brushing up on my marketing and business skills and as I began adding that training, it was amazing how quickly I was able to progress and how quickly I began to understand that, hey, I'm, I'm good at this. This is where I belong. Um, now I'm going to throw another one out there, and that's the when I decided to quit my full-time job and start my agency. That was an interesting day. I had just left the, my job. I was sitting at my desk for the first day as a solopreneur, and I remember sitting there thinking, "Um, now what? What do I do now? Uh, How do I get this ball rolling? And I realized I had everything I already needed. I had just been running the marketing, doing all the marketing writing for a company. If I just did everything that I had done for them for myself, I would be able to do it. And it was just that li- that understanding. I think sometimes we just need to re, re- just shift our thinking um, to understand that I've got this. Um, it feels scary. It feels like this big gaping vacuum in front of us. And like it's almost too much to be able to go in and say, okay, I'm going to do this and then this and then this because there isn't anybody there telling you how to do it necessarily. But... It's all out there Um, and many times we already have the skills. We just need to give ourselves credit for what we do know, do the things we know, and then just keep doing them. Um, The confidence and the success follows.
0: True, confidence and success definitely has followed you. And Catherine, my next question is, what is it that you are very curious
1: about right now. I am passionate about, I'm curious about a lot of different things. For me, one of the biggest challenges is always narrowing my focus because it would be really easy for me to run in about five different directions at once. Um, At this moment, I am incredibly passionate about my new project, Vivacity. I do love teaching. And I've hit a point in my life where I feel almost compelled to share the life lessons I've learned the hard way. Um, Throughout the years, I've faced a lot of challenges. um, I've had a lot of health issues. I've had um, a lot of just the time I grew up where the opportunities weren't there. So it felt like I was running into a lot of obstacles, even just getting started doing the things I love to do. Um, But when I tell my story, it's interesting, the number one question I get asked is, how do you do it? And that always takes me by surprise. Then I realize that what they really want to know is, how did I overcome so many really big obstacles? And many of these would have crushed most other people. Um, How did I manage to stay happy and positive in spite of all of it? And um, I think a lot of people believe that their ability to succeed, their ability to be happy, their ability to feel fulfilled depends on their circumstances. I honestly believe that we all have the innate power to overcome and achieve our biggest dreams. My mission now and the thing I'm very excited about right now is figuring out a way to, or multiple ways, to teach people how to tap into that power so they can see themselves as the achievers they really are. Um, I'm working on some courses for that. I would, I've would, i got a couple of different outlines for books I would like to write. Um, and then I'm having a lot of fun playing around with uh, Facebook Lives and doing more on social media. All of these are consuming a lot of my uh, my creative brain power, we should say. Um, so it's a lot of fun, but it also sometimes feels a little overwhelming because there's just so much I want to do, and there's so little time to do it all. Um, I think that's a challenge we all face.
0: True, you were very true. In fact, all of us we have so much to do, and we have so much so little time in hands. You, you indeed are doing the best at whatever you are currently. And my next question is, what's something you failed at or struggling as a marketing enthusiast presently?
1: I'm going to start answering this question with a little bit of how I perceive failure because I feel like that's part of the answer for me. Um, When people ask me what I failed at, I generally want to say nothing. And it's not because I haven't struggled with things or had failures along the way. It's because I don't see failure the same way other people do. We should be, as... um, efficiency experts, as people who are trying to optimize our life, we should be testing a lot of different things. We should be trying things on. We, we should be testing our ability to do new skills. And anytime you're running tests, anytime you're trying something new on for size, there will be failures. In fact, there may be more failures than successes. But If you are an optimization expert, that's not a failure. A failure is simply, oh, this thing isn't the direction we need to go. This thing does not get us the result we want, so we're going to lay it down and move in another direction. So the way I view failure is as a test, which means it's not really a failure. Now, I've already kind of answered some of this. I've done a lot. Of testing and failing throughout my life Um, as I told you I started out wanting to be a fiction writer and discovered that if I really wanted if I had to boil it down to what do I really want is it that I want to be uh, a famous novelist or do I really just want to make a good living with my writing and when push came to shove I realized that's what I wanted I wanted to um, It wasn't the creative aspect of it. It was the satisfaction of making a living doing this thing that I'm pretty good at. Um, So once I shifted the direction, so I didn't feel like, I don't feel like I'm as good at creative writing as I am at business writing. I am a very creative business writer. I am a good copywriter. I'm a good content strategist and writer. But in terms of writing novels, that's a, I don't know what the block is there, uh, but that's just something I'm not, I haven't got yet. I'm hoping one day to come back around and be able to focus on that again. Um, As a marketing enthusiast, as someone who has dipped my toes, or I've dived in the deep end, really, as a marketer, um, there have also been a lot of failures. What I've learned is that um, we do need to keep testing things. Every time a new strategy comes out, a new tool comes out or a new approach to business or marketing comes out, we do need to dive into it. We need to play with it and we need to test different things we can do with it. And that's going to give you a lot of failure. I think one of my biggest challenges is just time. It's having time to do that and do it well so um, for initially when I started my agency um, I started my newsletter I started my blog and I started doing social media just immediately because that's how I did that's how I marketed myself and my services Um, but after a couple of years at that at that stage we were we were largely automating a lot of what we were doing and what that meant was you could be in social media and still get your work done but as more and more the different algorithms were devaluing your your content your your social shares if they were automated and i just i reached a point where i didn't i was so busy working for clients and running my business i didn't have time to be omnipresent in all the different social channels and to actually pay attention to what was going on, so I didn't, um, I, I, ba- I basically laid it down. I I stopped doing it for a little while, I automated a couple of things, but for the most part I kind of stopped doing social media for a few years. That's something that I do see as a failure, uh, but because of the way I've defined failure, you'll see, it's. I don't see it as the end of the world. Um, I do believe that right now, well, always, every day, marketing changes and shifts as to what's working and what you need to do to connect with people. And stepping out of social media is a big mistake. And here's why. At the time, it seemed like a good idea because the concept was that you needed to have a very active website. Your blog needed to be your first priority. And so for me, if I had a choice between social media content or blog content, I chose blog content. I I only had time for one. I went that direction. But over the years, more and more content has evolved to being more of a social first rather than a blog first strategy. And I missed out on on a lot of the early growth of that because I wasn't present. I just wasn't there paying attention and sharing my ideas. And then when I finally felt like I was ready to do it, it almost felt like I was late to the party, like all these conversations were going on and I couldn't insert myself into them. And of course, that's not true. You can and you should, but that's how it felt to me. So... That's, I think right now, what I would recommend to anybody is don't stop doing any of the elements. Um, Recently, I did a flywheel. I created a flywheel of what needs to happen for me to be able to succeed at vivacity. So this was my way of nailing down what are the activities that will drive momentum, that will drive success and keep everything moving. And the reason I did that was not necessarily to focus on what I should be doing because that's pretty easy. We all know what we should be doing. What I wanted to do was isolate the things that I don't like doing that I need to do. And social media many times, I love social media so don't take this wrong, but it often feels like it's interrupting my day. I am in a, I'm in this creative zone when I am, when I'm working on content or I'm in a, a really good flow when I'm, when I'm working on a project and I don't want to stop that flow to go engage necessarily. So it's learning how to fit these things, the social aspect of business into my workflow in a way where it still happens but it doesn't feel like an interruption I think that was what that was how I managed to get around that feeling but another thing is just realizing that the way the trends are going and I feel like you must follow the trends but the direction the trends are going it's it's less important actually to be putting content on your blog than it is on social media and on social media it is short and quick and it can be very creative and a lot of fun. It actually, especially right now, when we are so isolated, it helps you stay connected with people. On the blog, it's really easy to get stuck in your own thinking and not progress with the trends. So for me personally, I'm at this stage where I'm, I'm reframing everything. I'm looking at all the trends and I'm looking at how everything has changed so dramatically in the last 10 years and at this very moment how much it's changing I feel like massive changes are taking place and it will not be the same as it was a year ago Uh, probably never will be so what I'm trying to do is figure out where things are going and anticipate those changes so I will be ready and I will be not get left behind like I did with the social media, the the being present on social media. I want to, I want to be present with whatever these changes are going to be, and um, so I think that's that's the advice that I would give to anybody is, um, don't opt out of any of the important marketing activities that need to take place. Do a flywheel if you need to, to figure out what matters for your growth. But I can almost guarantee you that content and social media are going to be a big part of it. You do need to be building your audience. You just need to figure out how to do that in a way that it fits into everything else you're doing.
0: Wow, that was a wealth of information for our audience today. And Catherine, my next question is... Is there anything I should have asked you, but I didn't, by any chance? I know that uh, you have a lot of information to share with me and our audience today. If by chance I must have missed out any question that I should have asked, I would really would want to hear from you.
1: Um, There is something you should have asked. Actually, there is. Um, When most people look at my career, they see the achievements and they see the successes. They see the the brands I've worked with. And that's what I have put out there. That's, That's by design. It's what I promote. But what they don't realize is what I've been going through on a personal level, behind the scenes, while I was building my career and achieving all those things. Um, Eight and a half years ago, I sustained a spinal cord injury that um, I had, I call it open back surgery. They literally sliced open my spinal cord and uh, scraped a clot off of my spinal cord. So I was told I'd probably never walk again. So here I was, I was in the middle of working with a new client. I had just started, just the year previously, I had started my agency and here I was my life completely upended. Well, um, initially, you know, you're very hopeful, and you think, oh yeah, I got this, but it became pretty apparent once I got home that um, life was not what it had been. Um, I was not going to be walking for a while, and I, I actually, I couldn't even handle a a wheelchair. So I was flat on my back for four years, Um, I did manage to start getting up and about Uh, so for another two and a half years I was housebound. Um, Any movement I did I was on a walker and um, what got me through that and I did all of this while building my career um, I had four rounds of stem cell therapy which little by little has given me more and more functionality to where um, I, I'm not a hundred percent, but if you were to see me doing, you know, walking around, you wouldn't know that I have an injury. Um, so this, this has deeply affected the way I make decisions and the way I plan for my future and, and also the, the choices I make even for the present because when you are flat on your back in bed, and you think that that's it for the rest of your life, you start really reevaluating re- evaluating things. Um, I had some client projects that weren't fun, and it was, my thought at the time was, you know what, my life isn't fun. I need to make sure that the projects I work on are fun, and so I am very picky about the projects I take on now, about the jobs I take. If you know, I'm with Sales Hacker now, that's because I chose them. Um, I, I'm that picky. If if in the interview process I had perceived that I might not be happy there, I would have turned them down and just uh, kept working on my agency or find more clients. Um, but the this whole situation has also been a big obstacle. I, I've mentioned a couple of times the obstacles I've had to overcome. Um, try building a business from bed when you can't go to events to network where you can't get on stage and speak. So people know you and, and understand what you stand for. I had to get really creative and I had to work doubly hard to be able to get my name out there and build any level of respect and credibility for what I do. Um, so uh, another one of the things I learned is, you know, there's a lot of teaching out there about how you build your business, but none of us is normal. If you think about it, I had my child, I have a spinal cord injury that I've had to overcome. Other people have other situations. There may be difficult family situations. There may be other health issues. We all have things that we're trying to overcome. and. We have, to, we have to make decisions about what we care about and build a career that makes us happy. We need to, you know, if if when we were 19 or 20, we made a gamble on, I think this is the career that's gonna make me happy. I think I like this. And partway down the road, we discover that it doesn't make us happy. We need to be very quick about shifting gears, jumping onto, Finding another thing that we do enjoy. We should be testing new things that, uh, new kinds of work, new things that we can do that might make us happy because bottom line, what is success? But happiness, doing what you're doing. And if you have that, you you will do better work. You will be more recognized. You'll put more into it. And you'll build a life that you love and that other people admire. So, um, yeah, it's there's a this all of this is going into vivacity, and it's something that um, I'm really excited to talk about, actually, because I learned so much along this journey that um, I feel like most people would benefit from, and it would help them create a fit that is fulfilling.
0: Wow, indeed, you are right. Testing by trial and error is what all of us need to do in our personal life or our professional life. You indeed are true. And I am so happy for you for vivacity as well. So moving on to the next question, it would be that if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him or her? The
1: biggest thing I would tell myself is to stop dreaming so small. And I say that in spite of the fact that um, I'm an incredibly ambitious person. Um, If I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to try to be the best always I don't know that I realized that about myself when I was 18 I also was. I I've come from a time period when women didn't have the opportunities and women were discouraged from being their best because it might overshadow a man and sadly I bought into that and I did try to tone down everything so I would fit in and please the people around me. I wish I hadn't done that. If I could go back in time and advise myself, I would tell myself to dream as big as I possibly could and pursue those dreams. Don't stop short of them. Mm
0: -hmm. Don't
1: listen to anybody who tells you that's not allowed or not good enough because your dreams really do matter. That is the source of your happiness. It's probably growing out of who you really are. And aren't we here in life to be who we really are, to be our full, authentic selves? I would tell myself to go for it, to go big and go all in. Um, I, I wish I had done that. And I would, I, I would go. I would definitely tell myself that.
0: Indeed. I would definitely tell myself that as well. And Catherine, my next question. If you had a hundred million pounds to spend, how would you spend it?
1: I've been wanting to do for a while now. This would be the first thing I would do is create a scholarship for minorities who wouldn't otherwise get to go to college. I am a big believer in education. Education unlocks our minds it opens the doors to success and we need as many open doors as we can create. Um, going to college and not just doing online studies at home, actually going to another location where you are with people who are thinking bigger than you, it expands your thinking. It teaches you how to think and it sets you up for success. So. The first thing I would want to do is get that scholarship built, and um, that, that would be a really exciting thing to, for me, personally. Um, I've often thought about would I quit vivacity. I don't think I would. Um, that's my passion project. It's like the legacy that I'm leaving for my children and for anybody who wants to listen, So I would definitely keep doing that. And there's some mentoring components to that business that haven't been built out yet that I would love to build out. And finally, remember I mentioned I wanted at some point to come back around to play around with fiction again. I would wanna do that. I've got a lot of nonfiction books that I want to write. And then I wanna play with um, writing uh, books for children. I just, I love the silliness. I love the imagination that goes into books for 10 to 12 year olds. And I think they would be a lot of fun to write. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I would like to spend my time.
0: Interesting. And I wish I were, I, I really were you at this point of time. And coming to the last question. In 150 years, science has failed to save us, and all that is left is a book about your life. What would the title be, and what would the blurb tell us about Catherine Aragon?
1: Job interview once, and um, I did get hired for that job. And afterwards, my supervisor told me that they had actually tried to trip me up in my interview, they had tried to unsettle me, and after I had left. The manager had said to my supervisor, gosh, she's unflappable. And I've always thought, what a fun title. So that, that's what I would like to be the title of my biography, Unflappable, My Life as an Overcomer and Achiever. And um, the blurb, life isn't fair, but when it dealt Catherine Aragon one bad hand after another, she refused to give in. Read how she evaded death illness and disability and achieved radical success on her own terms that would be a fun read
0: wow indeed i hope that it should be a fun read well catherine thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing wealth of info with me and our audiences today it was an honor for me to be hosting today's episode with you. And I'm hoping to be hosting many more episodes with you as in when you scale up high in your business. Thank you so much for your time, Catherine. And all the best for Vivacity. And listeners, until my next episode, have a great day. Bye-bye.